0: according to Matthew. To you, O Lord. So listen to another parable, Jesus says. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves, beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent others, slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, Ah, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him. He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you, given to the people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on the stone will be broken to pieces and will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parable, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Isn't that a delightful text? <laughs> well, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the book, Neither Wolf Nor Dog, author Kent Nurburn draws us deep into the world of a Native American elder named Dan. Kent Nurburn quotes Dan talking about the First Nations people understanding of land. He states, The white people surprised us when they came. We had seen others, strangers before, but they were just other people like us, other Indians from different tribes. They would come and ask us to pass through our land. Dan continued, But you see, It wasn't our land like we owned it. It was the land where we hunted or where our ancestors were buried. It was the land that the Creator had given us. It was the land where our sacred stories took place. It had sacred places on it. And you need to understand this. We did not think we owned the land. The land was just part of us. We didn't even know about owning the land. It's like owning your grandmother. You can't own your grandmother she just is your grandmother why would you talk about owning her dan continued these new people started asking us for the land they wanted to give us money for the land our people didn't want this there was something wrong to the creator in taking money for the land there was something wrong to our grandparents and our ancestors to take money for the land The Native American elder, Dan, seems to understand what Jesus is talking about when Jesus tells the story about the caretakers of the land who got to the point of thinking that they actually owned the land and had forgotten that the land was entrusted to them but that they do not own it. This land that we call America in the last few hundred years, has been fought with battle after battle because of different countries saying, this land is mine. On October 12th of 1492, sailing under the flag of Spain, Columbus landed in the New World, probably somewhere in the Bahamas, which they called San Salvador. Then came Pedro Alvarez Cabral, another under the Portuguese flag, and then Amerigo Vespucci and Ponce de Leon under the Spanish flag. Then the English entered the scene in 1497 with John Cabot, an Italian sea captain commissioned by King Henry the Seventh. The French claims to a shore of North America were based on the voyages of Giovanni de Verza Verrazano in 1524 and Jacques Cartier in 1534. So between 19, 1492 and 1542, the flags of Spain, Portugal, England, France, all brought to the New World, were all brought to the New World, establishing their presence despite the First Nations people, the indigenous people already living here. There seemed to be plenty of land for all, and many colonies sprang up. The British colonies grew very strong. Besides the battles against the people who had lived here for thousands of years already, between uh, 1689 and 1748, rivalry between France and Great Britain had kept them at war. From 1689, 1697, King William's War, 1702, 1713, Queen Anne's War, 1744, 1748, uh, King George's War, uh, 1754, 1763, French and Indian Wars. Uh, Ushers, you can now bring the quiz. Make sure they got all these dates down. The war's major purpose were to claim land and establish control. This land is mine, say the French. This land is mine, say the British, the Spanish, the Portuguese. And then on July 2nd, 1776, after the colonists won the Revolutionary War against the British and pushed out also the indigenous people, the colonists then said, this land is our land. The government was formed and the United States of America was established. The world continues to see this land grab in many places, but the best known to us today was Russia entering into Ukraine saying, this land is Russian land, and Ukraine saying, no, it's ours. With this great loss of life, it makes sense that as victors, we grow to think that this land really belongs to us. We deserve this land, we own this land. We can easily begin to forget who this land really belongs to. Those who finally win the battle can easily feel justified in believing that they own what they conquered. On a smaller scale, we might say, I'm healthy because I took care of myself. I have this and that because I earned it and deserve it. It's mine, it's my life, my land, my house, my child, my game, my toy. I can do with it what I please. Our problems are the same as the tenants, for that is exactly who we are. We are the tenants, tenants who, because of our history, our hard work, our battles, conclude. Let us try to become masters ourselves. The Tower of Babel's story, not one we read today, but it makes the point also. Let us build this tower so that we can take the place of God. We build the tower up to heaven so we can remove God from God's throne. In our Western world, we have a great faith in humanity. We have our ideals and we sing our hymns of freedom. We have noble traditions and we have great spiritual energies to produce great ideals. But have we forgotten where these ideals, where everything really came from? Comes from? Have we as a society forgotten that we are caretakers of God's magnificent creation? Not to abuse, but to care. I'm convinced that if we root ourselves deeply in faith in the spiritual life, not passively, but actively, grasping on to God's great love of all of creation, which includes humanity. And when we grasp more and more that we are loved purely because God is generous, good, kind, gracious, and loving, then I think we will begin to have this sense of gratitude and generosity and kindness, and our lives will reflect God's love and goodness to one another and all of creation. Because the twist isn't, as the people said, he will destroy, but he becomes the cornerstone It is good when our eyes are opened in a way that we realize that we are just passing through. Perhaps this little story that I'm about to tell will help. A very proper lady went to a tea shop. She sat at the table for two, ordered a pot of tea, and prepared to eat some cookies, which she had in her purse. Because the tea shop was crowded, a man took the other chair and also ordered tea. The woman was prepared for a leisurely time, so she began to read her paper. As she did so, she took a cookie from her package. As she read, she noticed that the man across also took a cookie from the package. Hmm, this upset her greatly. She ignored, but she ignored it and kept reading. After a while, she took another cookie. So did he. This unnerved her, and she glared at the man. While she glared, he reached for the fifth and last cookie, smiled, and offered half of it. She was indignant. She put her money and left in a great hurry. Enraged at such a presumptuous man, she hurried to the bus stop just outside. She opened her purse to get a coin for her bus ticket, and then she saw, much to her distress, that in her purse was her package of cookies unopened. The lady was not different from all of us. Sometimes we possess things or we begin to act like it's ours. Not really. um, And then we come to think that it is ours because we keep taking from the bag. Sometimes by the mercy of God we have occasion to see to whom these things in fact belong. And when we see that we have some little chance of being rescued from our misreading of reality. And we may be spared from throwing the owner of the vineyard out of our lives. We may welcome God then into our lives as we begin to learn that the owner of the vineyard is not us at all. We are just the tenants, but God, whose only Son, Jesus Christ, is sent to us, is the owner of all. On this day, I end with this question. As we think about our stewardship, how shall we respond? Amen.